0: I'm E.G. Marshall. I walk unseen on the dry, smooth, shaven green to behold the wandering moon riding near her highest noon. People who can walk unseen can make for beautiful poetry, as Mr. Milton has just shown us. However, in life, people who can walk unseen can present us with baffling problems, which proves that there is a time and a place For everything. My darling, I must tell you, there is a ghost in the
1: house.
2: There's no such thing as a ghost. But I heard him. So, get rid of him.
1: Wonderful. First you tell me there's no such thing as a ghost. Then you tell me to get rid of him. It isn't consistent.
2: Dearest, I expect you to get rid of that ghost.
1: How can I get rid of a ghost? Especially one you say doesn't exist.
2: My angel, that is your problem.
0: Our mystery drama, That's What Friends Are For, was suggested by a story by Rudyard Kipling and was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Tony Roberts. I'll be back shortly with Act One. And Mr. Rudyard Kipling lived there, worked there, and dreamed there almost a century ago, it was a country of some 300 million people, and more than twice that many legends, myths, fables, romances. Yes, it was a place that provided a feast for the imagination, and that was, well, because for many of its people, it would be the only feast they would ever know. James Waddington Tesser was a young subaltern in a regiment which, for reasons that have nothing whatever to do with our story, was called the Inextinguishables. He was spending the afternoon, as most young officers will, at the club when he was informed that his kitmatgar, or houseboy, desired to see him on a matter of the greatest urgency. Yes, Ahmadine. There is news,
1: Sahib. What sort of news? (laughs) News of a fantastic nature. Well, it had better be to drag me away from the table just as my luck is changing. (laughs) News one could hardly believe, were it not for the fact that one own ears give testimony. Am I to stand here forever, Ahmadine? Must I die of old age before I receive enlightenment? I command thee to transmit this news, Ahmadine. There is Music. Yes. Music in the house of the Sahib. Aren't thou telling me that there is music in my quarters? Even so. That's impossible. Sahib, in the house, at this very moment, there is music. What what kind of music? Music that is loud. Hmm. Played by whom? Played by... No one. There is music, and thou canst not see who plays it. Ahmadine, thou art a mudhead. Canst thou describe this music? It is the wedding music of the red-haired sahibs and the regiment who dress in the skirts of women. You mean the Highland Fusiliers... Bagpipes, <laughs> Those leather skins in which are imprisoned the souls of the unburied dead who seek escape. But alas, their cries are unanswered. Right, that's enough, Amardine. Enough. Hey, the English. The English. A foolish people. They refuse to understand the most simple things. <laughs> well... My sahib and I rushed to the house, and it was even as I told him. Oh, this is impossible. Hast thou searched the place completely? As your honor commanded. And there's no one about? No one, sahib. But someone's playing that music. Run back to the club and tell Horak sahib I would see him at once. Lieutenant Horak Sahib was my lieutenant's friend and companion in mischief. The two were always getting into all sorts of scrapes. It was predicted that they would either end in jail or that one should become commander-in-chief of the army. What do you make of it, Billy? Jimmy, you've got yourself a ghost. Well, oh, there's no such thing as a ghost. Mm, don't tell me. Speak to your Highland Piper. A silly thing's been going on for hours. Well, there must be some explanation. Well, where can the chap be hiding? Hmm? Mm, perhaps he doesn't have to hide. You see, the fact is, he's invisible. Well, now you're going too far. He's a ghost. I can't believe that. Jimmy, how can you believe anything else? How long is he going to keep playing? He mm, sounds like a fellow who seems to be settled in. Don't say that. D- I'm sorry, Billy. What am I going to do? With... Oh, good Lord! What's the matter, Melisande? Oh, oh yes, I clean forgotten. Oh, I'm going to marry the girl and and bring her here. Yes, here. I'm sick. He stopped. Oh, I I hope it's for good, Melisande. Would she live here with me and this, uh, ghost? I don't know. And if she loves me enough, she, uh... Well, just have to put up with it. Well, I'm not sure it has anything to do with love. It hasn't? No, dear chap, it takes a special kind of woman to tolerate this sort of thing. Hmm. Do you expect Melisande to walk out on me? No, I'm just trying to provide for your interests, as a true friend should. Because the likelihood is that Melisande will walk out on you. I couldn't blame her. I really couldn't. But if Merison breaks our engagement, what's going to happen to her? Oh, don't be concerned. If it's absolutely necessary, um... <laughs> I'll marry her myself. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, is it. Isn't that what friends are for? Ahmed, said I to myself, is that what friends are for in truth? The fair menacean, they called her. How difficult it is to understand the English. Fair to look upon. A bit too pale. A trifle too thin. But what do the English know of beauty? The very next day...
2: Good morning, Amadine. Uh, Thy master is not at home, I trust. No, Mem sahib. He is with the regiment. Good. I have some work to do about the house. Work? Yes. I shall surprise him, Amadine. And I must not say I have been here. I intend to measure all the windows so that I may have curtains made. Oh, we shall transform this place.
1: Did the heaven-born say transform? Yes.
2: Make it a fit and proper place for civilized society. Why, just look at the place. No end of a mess. And the smell. The smell, Mimsy? Of guns and oil and and saddle leather. Oh, we shall tidy things up and have them ship in absolutely no time at all. If the presents will permit, Tessar
1: Sahib is quite fond of his guns and saddles. Is he indeed? And therefore it follows that these must be carefully greased and oiled in order... Uh, That they may be preserved.
2: Is that a fact?
1: Uh, The grease and the oil, uh, by Mem Sahib's permission, do, by the very nature of things, have uh, in,
2: in, in, in order. Ah, but thou hast said, Ahmadine, by the Mem Sahib's permission, and the Mem Sahib shall give no such permission. Oh? No. He can store the smelly things in the barracks, or the stables, or wherever. It's no concern of mine nor of thine, Amadine. No longer shalt thou waste time cleaning foul-smelling guns and polishing malodorous leather. Instead, thou shalt be free to pursue more domestic exercises. Uh, It shall be ever as the
1: radiant one commands. Uh, Has this news been communicated to Tesser
2: Sahib? Oh, yes. It was disgusting. And decided upon. Uh,
1: one would have thought Tessar Sahib would sooner give up his right arm than to expel his precious riflery and
2: saddlery. Ah, Medine, it was a sacrifice he had to make on the altar of love. Uh, am I to
1: understand that Mem Sahib said in her voice that shames the nightingale,
2: <sighs> choose... Betwixt me and thy saddles and thy guns? It was exactly what was said. And graciously did he agree. How not? Thou too wouldst have done the same thing for one that had captured thine own heart, Ahmadine?
1: If the memsahib sahib will permit, I should not...
2: <laughs> wait, wait, thy time wilt come. And she will tie a noose about thine heart. And for the love of her shalt thou too sacrifice all... But I see that thy master has not lived up to his agreement. The guns and the saddles still disgrace these rooms. Now then, Amadine, gather these smelly things together and place them in the stable. A pipe? Look thou outside, Amadine. Do the Scottish Fusiliers parade today? If if the
1: say he will parade, the music does not come from without... It does not? No, it uh, arises from within. From within? Have we
2: a piper in the house?
1: It is even as the memsahib says.
2: A piper? How intriguing. Here, in the
1: house? Where? If it should please the sublime one, everywhere. Everywhere?
2: What dost thou mean, everywhere?
1: With, With the resplendent one's permission. He is right here. Who?
2: Who is right here? The one who has imprisoned the souls of the unburied dead. Ah, That shall be absolutely enough of that nonsense. A bagpipe is a musical instrument. That is, it is an allegedly musical instrument. It is not a repository for... oh, Oh, what superstitious rot. Where is this piper?
1: The piper, if it pleases the glorious one... He does not
2: exist. Then how can he play? Uh, he is here, in spirit. Oh, is he then a ghost? Always
1: oh, oh, is he the all-knowing one.
2: I won't have it. I won't have ghosts prowling about. Silent ones are bad enough, but a ghost who is unmannerly enough to play the bagpipes. No, armadine Get rid of him immediately.
1: Ah, uh, the foolish English. Can we, the living, command the dead? I can only say she met my master, Tessar Sahib, that afternoon at Polettis, where the English gathered to take tea, to dance, to flirt, and to get themselves deeper and deeper into trouble. Sorry to be late, uh, Melisande, my darling.
2: I dare say, my angel...
1: Do I detect that small cloud, uh, no larger than a man's hand, forming on the horizon?
2: It is forming right here, at this table.
1: My dearest, this is the eve of our wedding.
2: Our wedding is still a month away.
1: No poetic license.
2: You are not entitled to take poetic license, because you are not a poet. You are something even worse. You are a practical joker.
1: My sweet.
2: What is the meaning of that dreadful piping?
1: Oh. Oh, that.
2: Yes.
1: Melisande, I don't know what to say. The house is haunted. Yes? By the ghost of a piper.
2: There is no such thing as a ghost.
1: But you heard him, didn't you?
2: Get rid of him.
1: Well, first you tell me there's no such thing as a ghost, and then you tell me to get rid of him. Which is isn't consistent.
2: Wasn't it an American who said that consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds?
1: What else could you expect from an American?
2: My beloved, I expect you to get rid of the ghost.
1: My sweetest, how can I get rid of a ghost? Especially one that doesn't
0: exist.
2: My angel, that is your problem.
0: How easily some ladies can clarify the most vexing of situations. However, ghosts do have a reputation for, shall we say, stickiness. Once you get one on the premises, he's very hard to shake loose. Who is this ghost? Assuming, of course, that there is such a thing as a ghost in the first place. Perhaps enlightenment awaits us in Act Two shortly. It said, love me, love my dog. Shall the hero of our story, Lieutenant James Waddington Tesser, be compelled to say to his fiancée, the adorable Melisande, love me, love my ghost? Some ghosts, as you know, are properly polite and unobtrusive, but not Lieutenant Tesser's. This one actually plays the bagpipes. Even now, the lovers are discussing it at Paletti's. But my darling, you
1: just don't command a ghost to leave
2: please do not involve me in the mechanics of the operation but and you have made absolutely no provision for disposing of those ugly smelly saddles and rifles. Darling they're
1: not ugly They are beautifully wrought and the smell is the honest, deep, rich aroma of fine leather.
2: I thought we'd already agreed.
1: Well, yes, of course.
2: Then why are we still discussing it?
1: Well, because two mature, intelligent, sensible people who love each other can always reopen any subject.
2: Are you telling me that you intend to break your promise? Oh, no. No. Are you trying to suggest that you shall not get rid of those offensive articles? Of
1: course not. It, it just it uh, happens that I, I am an officer in a cavalry regiment, and, and I ride horses.
2: Do you find it necessary to keep your horses in the house? Well, well, hello, you two. Oh, dearie, right. Oh, won't you sit down and join us? Oh, thank
3: you. Well, Jimmy, as they say in the old Irish regiment ah, the days of the carry dances, the sound of the pipers, too. <laughs>
1: I think that will be quite enough, Billy. I hope you've an ear for bagpiping, Melisande, my lovely. You're in for quite a serenade.
2: Nothing of the sort, Billy. Jimmy has promised to get rid of him, or it, or whatever.
1: Have you indeed, Jimmy will then consider it done once our James turns his hand to a task. i um, How do you propose to go about it? Will you
3: please get out
1: of here? Can't a man have some peace and quiet with his fiancée?
2: I think you're horrid. And I do want to dance, Jimmy. And all you can do is sit there and sputter all sorts of nonsense about a ridiculous ghost. Um,
3: I'll dance with you, Melissa.
2: Oh, I thought you'd never
3: ask. (laughs) Excuse us, old man.
1: I see our guest is still with us, Ahmadine. I hear thou hast been looking for me. Sahib, there is news. Oh, no. I couldn't stand any more news. The Colonel Sahib has sent orders. Orders? He said Lieutenant Tesser Sahib is to report to him at once. Oh, the devil he does. Why would the Colonel want to see me? What have I done lately? I can't think of a single thing. At once, eh? All right. Say a prayer for me, Ahmadine, uh, to whichever of thy gods would be appropriate uh, to the situation. <laughs> Psychib, I shall have to pray to all of them. <laughs> Lieutenant Tesson reporting as ordered, sir.
3: Yes, quite, sir. Oh, <laughs> uh, I uh, understand uh, We'll are be married, dear yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, the girl, I take it, is Melisandre Trevor? Yes, sir. Uh, granddaughter of Major Hugh Scott Fellfield Trevor, was that? I believe so, sir. Uh, splendid, officer. Killed in the mutiny, my first company commander. Uh, I, um... I feel a sort of responsibility for the young lady. Do you understand, Lieutenant... I think so, sir. No, I don't think you do. You're a young rogue. Don't deny it. No, sir. I don't believe you're the marrying kind. What have you to say to that, eh? If the colonel will permit, I am in love
1: with Melisande,
3: and I cannot wait for our wedding, splendid. Because, Lieutenant Tessa, if you do anything to hurt that girl, who disappoint her, to spoil her happiness. In short, should you change your mind about this marriage... But, sir, nothing in
1: the world could ever prevent our marriage.
3: I'm gratified to hear that because should you leave her waiting at the church, I promise you that I shall make your life hell on earth. Do I make myself clear, Lieutenant Tessa... Yes, sir.
1: My darling.
2: Well, my dearest, are we setting a pattern? Ah, uh,
1: I was delayed.
2: Obviously. Does this mean I can always expect to be kept waiting?
1: This was all being done in your interest. I was examining the house thoroughly. Inside and out, top, bottom, in hope of exorcising that confounded ghost.
2: Oh, you were doing it in my interest. I would assume that it was being done in our interest.
1: (laughs) Yes, well, of course, of course, naturally. I, um, I find absolutely no trace of a tangible, um, or intangible being of any sort, form,
2: or shape. Are you saying you cannot get rid of it?
1: My darling, could there be a chance that perhaps
2: we might become used to it? Used to that infernal din?
1: I'm just trying to make the best of the situation.
2: No, my precious. The way to make the best of the situation is to put an end to the situation. But... Now, let us address ourselves to more pleasant situations. Do you know who I met in Hamilton's just about an hour ago? The Colonel. The Colonel? Your commanding officer. Colonel Desbrose's Dear Dessie. Dessie? I used to call him that when I was a little girl. He would ride me on his knee. How is that scoundrel Tessler, he asks. If he gives you any trouble, come to me. I'll put the bit between his teeth soon enough. Why, he's so thrilled at being invited to the wedding. He was overjoyed when I asked if he would give the bride away.
1: Oh, that's, uh... Such marvelous news!
2: Why don't you devote the rest of the afternoon to getting rid of our little problem?
1: Hmm. And uh, what shall you do?
2: Oh, I shall sit here. Alone? Oh, I know so many people here. Ah, there's Billy, mm. Billy Horrocks. Come right over, over here. Oh, well, well, hello, young lovers.
1: I would have come over sooner, but, you know, freeze company.
2: <laughs> Lieutenant Jimmy Tesser is going to desert me for the remainder of the afternoon, oh, Billy.
1: Oh, the more fool Jimmy.
2: He must come to some sort of understanding with that mysterious Scottish piper. Have
1: no fear, Jimmy. I shall take excellent care of Marisande for you.
2: Isn't this perfectly heavenly music, Billy? Mm. My toes are tingling.
1: Oh, why don't we dance?
2: Well, oh, you don't mind, do you, Jimmy?
1: Why should he mind? That's what, um friends of all? Oh. Dean, come here. What is the wish of the protector of the poor? What dost thou make of this, this confounded serenade? Ah, oh, the spirits have invaded this house. Assuming that's true, how do we rid ourselves of the blooming creature's? Does the heaven-born wish to drive out the spirits? Something like that. Uh, if this unimportant person may suggest, there is but one way. Yes? Uh, burn down the house? No, Ahmed, I don't think so. Uh, then one must learn to enjoy it. See? It, it does not play all the time. Only when it is moved by some great sorrow. And then it pours out its heart. Wait. Why do I talk to thee, Ahmadine? This is not one of thy native spirits. What would such kind know of bagpipes? No. This is a Scottish spirit. The thing is plain. Plain, sahib? Yes. Listen closely. Go thou to the regiment of the red-haired sahibs, those who wear the short skirts of ladies, and tell the pipe sergeant major that I wish to speak with him. At once. Pipe sergeant major, cut, make monies, reporting, sir! Stand easy, sergeant major. The, uh, this is unofficial business. Yes, sir! Now, uh, can you tell me, is there a piper missing? A uh, Piper mission? From the regimental band. Oh, oh, no, sir. Well, why would one Piper be missing? Hmm. Well, that's a good question, Sergeant. I was hoping you could answer it. Well, is there news of a missing Piper? News? No, not exactly. What we do seem to have is the missing Piper himself. Well, then, where do you have him? Here. Here, sir? On the premises. Well, Major man ask... Where on the premises? Here and there. Everywhere. Uh, sir, would it be asking too much if I should request you to produce a man for me? Well, have a bit of patience, Sergeant, and, uh, and he shall produce himself. In what way? Ah, ah, here he is now. Oh, is there a man in the next room? No, Sergeant. But, uh... With your permission, sir. Go look by all means. Search the room, the house, the grounds. Here's... there's no one here. My point exactly, sergeant. And yet,
3: just plain, tis a pipe. Yeah, a pipe.
1: Oh, who can it be? Well, it's, it... no,
3: no, it can't be.
1: But who else? What are you saying, Sergeant? Stuart, man! Tis Jack Stewart, The Stewart himself! Oh, listen! Yes, that's all I've been doing, is listening. Stewart, Tis his very own pipes! The ones he made with his own hands! Oh, yes! He was the greatest of us all! Ah, poor fellow! Poor fellow? He died! In battle? Oh, no, sir! much worse. I have a broken heart. Oh, yes, yes, yes. This is the song. I remember he played it. It is called I Shall Die For You. Oh, beautiful melody. You mean, um, you mean there is a melody? You know what they say. Scottish airs are not for English ears. Hey, he stopped. Oh, poor jock probably overcome by his tears but why has he come here is there to be a marriage in this house yes mine ah well he has come to warn you warn me of what of the faithlessness the fickleness of a woman's love well very good sergeant very good now let him consider that I have been warned and let him go away Uh, uh, no sir you see, he feels it so deeply. He was betrayed by the lady he loved. Well, why can't he leave me alone? He wishes to save you from making this terrible mistake. Yes, but it isn't a terrible mistake. We love each other, Melisande and I. What am I going to do? Reconsider your approach and marriage. What's to consider? I'm in love. And if Jock Stewart... Or whoever this mad dead Scotchman is, doesn't leave this place in peace. My fiancé will break our engagement. No, you see it. This is what Jock Stewart has in mind. He wants to save you. Yes, but if I don't marry Melisande, my colonel will... I tell you, my career will be ruined.
0: Choices, choices, decisions, decisions. Ghostly pipers, fidgety fiancés, querulous colonels. How are we to sort all this out? And to top it off, we're in India. Mysterious, unfathomable, inscrutable India. Where sometimes the practical answer is the one that makes no sense at all. I shall return shortly with Act Three. Ghosts are certainly not strangers in our literature. We've had all kinds. We've had ghosts from all walks of life and most occupations. However, musical ghosts are somewhat rarer than most. That is, if you want to call a ghost that plays the bagpipe musical... Yes, tis Jock Stewart playing. There can be no doubt
1: if I may make bold, sir. I should advise the lieutenant to listen to Jock. Listen to jock and do what specifically? Break the engagement. Sergeant, I would like to thank you very much. You've been of tremendous help. You're quite welcome, sir. My darling, I've been looking for you.
2: Angel, where else would I be on an afternoon except here at Paletti's?
1: Yes, of course.
2: Then it's Settled?
1: Settled? What is settled?
2: The affair of the ghost. I assume it must be, or, or else you will be back at the house taking care of it.
1: Well, we... we do seem to have a problem. Oh? The... um, the ghost seems to resist all attempts to evict it.
2: Jimmy, darling, have you ever asked yourself why?
1: Why? Why what?
2: Why the thing has seemed fit to... Well, let us say, concertize in your quarters?
1: No, we no no longer need to call it a thing. It's been identified by the pipe sergeant of the Highland Fusiliers as a certain Jock Stewart. Indeed. Mm hmm. It seems that this Jock Stewart is dead.
2: Why should this Scottish bagpiper decide to haunt you, of all men in India?
1: Well, uh, because. Oh, I don't know. You don't? Really, the whole thing is ridiculous.
2: Perhaps not. Now, have you ever murdered anyone? Certainly not. Then this, uh, Stuart, would you have wronged him in any way?
1: I never even knew anyone named Stuart.
2: Well, hello. Oh, Billy. So good of you to drop by, Jimmy.
1: I passed by your quarters just a while back. Uh, that ghostly old Highlander is still concertizing. <laughs> Plays some catchy tunes. What? Say, uh, shouldn't you be back at regiment? Whatever for? Don't you have some reports or something of that sort to? Uh... No, 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 no. It's all serene, so I'm concerned. Oh, I forgot. Lucky thing you mentioned the regiment. The Colonel's been looking for you. The Colonel? For me? Whatever for? I would imagine to talk about your step. My step? Of course, your step
2: up to Captain. Captain? Oh, how marvelous.
1: When a lieutenant marries especially such a beauty as Merisand here, it's time he was promoted and received by his company.
2: And that's why the colonel wants to see Jimmy. Uh,
1: no. Somehow, I don't think so.
2: Oh, my darling, you're so modest. Go to the colonel immediately.
1: But... I shall be leaving you alone again.
2: Oh, I shall not be alone. Billy Horrocks is with me.
1: Yes. Billy. I really cannot impose on you to, to keep my fiancé company. Well, why not, dear chap? Isn't that what friends are for? Oh.
3: Oh. Désar, what have you been doing to your fiancé? Doing, sir? You haven't been treating her shabbily, now, have you? Why, why, no, sir. She looks a bit peaked to me.
1: Well, sir, that's to be expected. Is it? Yes, sir. As the wedding day approaches, the, uh, the parties do feel a certain strain, uh, and uh, I suppose it shows. It doesn't show on you, if Denon doesn't. Well, sir, that's, uh, that's the way it goes.
3: I said you were a rogue, Tessa. Yes, sir. Good enough soldier, but the kind of scoundrel should never marry. It occurs to me that since you might be somewhat afraid to break this engagement yourself, you may be giving your fiancé cause to break it for you.
1: Oh, no, sir. I warn you, Tessa. Permit me to say, sir, no warning is necessary.
3: <sighs> I think it is, Lieutenant Tessa. I do not intend to be left at the church with an abandoned bride. Uh, We all know exactly where we stand. Do we not? Yes, sir.
1: Ahmadine. Ah, the presence has returned. Has the music stopped? It uh, comes, it goes. Ahmadine, what am I going to do? How am I going to get rid of this ghost? We must call Hunifa. Who? Hunifa herself, the great sorceress. She will bid thy piper go. And if he refuses? Oh, no one can withstand the magic of Hunifa. Oh. Unifa, she was a hundred years old. She knew the charms, the spells, the curses. She was covered from head to foot with silver bells, with golden jewels, and everything tinkled as she walked. And she came to the house of Tessar Sahib, and he told her everything that the red-haired Sahib in woman's skirt had said. Unifa thought
3: and closed her eyes. Then the pipes began to play. Ah, dost thou hear, Unifah? The pipes? He is here. Bid him leave. Make him
1: go. Unifah, I implore thee.
4: Stuart! Shark! Stuart!
2: I order thee. Be gone from here.
1: Yes, he's gone. Thou hast done it, Hunifa. He is gone. No. No, I guess he's not gone. Try it again, Hunifa. You
2: Jacques, do I command thee, be gone. Please. Return
3: to the land of the dead
1: and take thy unburied spirits with thee. Yes, how they did battle for victory. The dead red haired Sahib in the short lady skirt, and the magnificent Hunifa, the greatest sorceress of India. And the battle went this way and that, first to him, then to her. But, in the end, no one who is alive may triumph over one who is dead. Therefore, it was the music of the pipes that emerged victorious.
2: Sahib, I cannot make him go.
1: But you must.
2: No. He sings the song of Vish, the goddess of true love. But
1: you don't understand. Yeah.
2: Vish bids him play in the home where love must fail. And until the sahib tells his fiancé that all must be over, the red-haired one shall make his music here. But I can't do that. The goddess has spoken. Who can turn the will of the goddess? <laughs>
1: There was no more that my sahib could say to her. Oh, my poor sahib shook his head and then bade me harness the mare to the carriage and drive him to Palettis. Malassane, my dearest.
2: Back so soon? That must mean good news.
1: Good news.
2: You've finally gotten rid of that silly noise. Isn't he marvelous, Billy?
1: Congratulations and salams, all that sort of thing. The truth is, uh, Melisande, my precious, I uh, haven't gotten rid of it. Oh? And what's more, I'm sure I never will get rid of it.
2: Then, Jimmy, you place me in an extremely uncomfortable situation.
1: I don't know what to tell you, my dearest.
2: Jimmy... Jimmy, I love you, but I... uh, Perhaps I do not love you strongly enough to live with that unearthly wailing forever.
1: I understand, my darling.
2: So, therefore, I must release you from your promise.
1: Oh, no, 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 you can't do that. Well, yes, I... I suppose you can. Poor Jimmy. He's too much of a gentleman to say that if he breaks the engagement, the colonel will ruin his career. Oh, no. Oh, yes.
2: But, Jimmy, you're not the one who's breaking the engagement. I am.
3: It doesn't matter. The colonel will believe that Jimmy drove you to it.
2: Oh, this is awful. I simply could not ruin your career. There may
3: be a way out.
1: Now, listen. The colonel has said, I do not wish to be left at the church with the abandoned
3: bride. She really doesn't care who marries Melisande.
1: How can you say that? As long as she's happy. And she will be. She'll walk down that aisle glowing, radiant. All we need to do is change the groom. You mean that Melisande should marry someone else? Why not? The present arrangement is making everyone unhappy, isn't it? Who should she marry? Me. You? Why not? Melisande, what do you say to all this?
2: It it would appease the colonel.
1: Uh, You see, old chap, Melisande would be spared the ordeal of the bagpipe you could look forward to a glorious career in her majesty's forces billy i i couldn't ask you to make such a sacrifice just just for me oh, but of course you could jimmy after all isn't that what friends are for Dean. where is the saddle soap and the polish Thou hast long enough neglected thy duties. I, I even now have them in hand and proceed to the task. Has there been any music today? Ah, no, 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 Sahib. The red-haired ghost has released his devils and betaken himself. To Vienna, or uh, to wherever it is that uh, such sahibs go. <laughs> she was right, Hunifah. And so was the pipe sergeant major. Each of them said... As soon as the marriage contract to my fiancée would be broken, the piper, poor jock Stewart, would go away and leave us in peace. Dost thou agree, Ahmadine? It is even as the anointed one suggests. Uh, What is that grin? Dost thou make sport of me? Oh, I dare to make sport of the center of the universe? Why, I shall be consumed by flames. Go about thy duties, Ahmadine. And do not speculate in matters that concern thee not. But I have speculated already. Did my master rue his decision to marry a woman who would make him get rid of the things he held dear? Did he then arrange somehow to hire a piper whom he was able to hide somewhere? Or did the lady herself rue her choice? And planned with Horak Sahib along similar lines? Or was there, in fact, and in truth, a ghost? <laughs> yes, I know what I believe. And do you, Sahibs and Sahibas,
0: do you know likewise? Well, do you? It was Mr. Kipling himself who said that anything can happen in India and that everything does. Was it Lieutenant Tesser who arranged a plot? Was it a ghost Piper? Perhaps. And this would be in keeping with India. Was it both? I'll be back shortly. Our story was concerned with magic. But what is magic? Magic. The dictionary tells us that it is any mysterious or seemingly inexplicable event or occurrence. Well then, it's all a matter of when you happen to be alive, isn't it? One century's magic is in another century's commonplace. Think of the wireless, the airplane. Sooner or later, the mysterious will be stripped away from anything and everything that defies explanation. Even ghosts. Our cast included Tony Roberts, Diana Kirkwood, Russell Horton, and Earl Hammond. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. I want it. It's had quite a few owners. I'd have to
1: inquire about the asking price.
0: I want that house.
1: Uh, Mr. Steers, naturally I'd be pleased to make the sale. Do you mind telling me why you're so set on buying this particular house? I want it. Well, frankly, Mr. Steers, that house has been, well, sort of a jinx. Everyone's enchanted with the house when they first see it, but once they've moved in, they take a dislike to it. They tell strange tales about strange goings-on. Like what? Oh, sobbing at the night, restless footsteps on the stairs... Oh, I know, those are the standard complaints when a house has the reputation of being haunted, but everyone who's lived there said the same thing.
0: Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.